The rest of the week is going to be in the low 70s, and the lows are going to be in the mid to low 40s. It is 10.06, and now time for the Saturday special. Let's head on over to that. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go. It's today, you know, on KFCO Radio. Okay, good morning, folks. My name is Vernon, a.k.a. Vernon, 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 a.k.a. V-Cubed, in for the big MZ. And my co-host today is Dr. David Biles. And what I have to say about that, David and I have known each other quite some time now, but we never really sit down and talk a lot. We meet in passing in the station. And uh, two weeks ago, through a series of events, folks, kind of keep the suspense up, we actually crossed paths. You want to say something there, Dave? Oh, do I get to talk? Yeah, yeah, anytime you want. <laughs> Sometimes they call me DB also. Yeah, so it's interesting D how we all are, V-Cube, DB, D MC. <laughs> it's easier that way. Yeah, you, you, I would ditto echo everything you said. You know, it's, it's like a couple of ships out there that are moving around a lot through the night, always passing, never really talking. So it, it was... It was nice to be able to sit and just and visit. And so we were in with Griffin. Yep. The fine young board op here. And we all got in, involved in a, a very philosophical, interesting, exciting conversation. And then the, the following week, I got, a, uh, I got a call and said, hey, I hear that you and David... Biles get along so great. How would you like to do Saturday <laughs> special uh, today, together, the day before Veterans Day? And I said, well, you know, I'd love to do a Saturday special with David. I really enjoy him. We get along fine. It's not like I really know him a lot, but I think we're kind of like kindred souls and spirits. I, I think you kind of nailed me pretty quick, pretty easily, I, I hate to admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, sometimes that's a good thing, to be nailed quickly and ac if it's accurate. <laughs> I, I think probably most of it, maybe even all of it is, it's kind of, it's interesting because there's, there are things about yourself you think about, but you don't, you know, you, you don't either reveal or, in my case, I've had people come back into my life because I've like moved around. It's, 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 it's interesting. Yeah, it was very philosophical. And even today, I'm sure we're in for a philosophical discussion, but there will be time for call-ins, yes? Oh, yeah. We, oh, cool. you know, for, for what it's worth, I heard this many years ago. Uh, I was doing a seminar, a series of seminars, and, uh, and the seminar leader said that some of the most profound conversations they'd ever had were dinner table discussions with friends just sitting around chatting kicking around ideas nothing structured very loose and whatever and for the for what it's worth to you the listening audience out there i've been doing this on and off since 19 around 1990 mm -hmm. i i always look at this like a a, a dinner table conversation with you this is a discussion between you and me i always think that the callers in my opinion are what matter on talk radio and that's the purpose of talk radio absolutely yeah that's what i 
I enjoy that so much and bringing out other voices in the community and, and learning, learning about other people, what they're thinking, and sometimes being surprised what people are thinking, which is good to know. Actually, that might be a very powerful thing to know because it's so easy to go through life thinking you know what someone else is thinking or what they know and haven't having the foggiest, which leads me into a thought I had on the way into the station today. And uh, there was a, a game out years ago. I think you can still get it. And it was You Don't Know Jack. <laughs> Do you remember that game? I don't. It, it sounds <laughs> like... Have you ever heard of it, Griffin? <laughs> you Don't Know Jack. And I, I don't think I ever played the game officially. But... You know, I had a picture of a guy on the cover, big question mark over his head. And as I, as I was driving in, the thought hit me, you don't know Jack. You, my listening audience, Dr. Piles, I don't. You know. Griffin doesn't. And here's the problem. The problem that plagues old and young alike is the old know that the young don't know Jack. <laughs> and the young... No, when are we going to get to take over to get rid of these old folks that don't know Jack? And so I thought that that really struck me because the other thing as I was driving in, I was watching someone run. And we know we've got the fires going on up north. And due to a series of events recently, I became very aware of the air quality in a way I've never paid attention to it before and started following the reports. Actually, what it was, a friend of mine on Facebook posted something that you may, may be better off to not exercise or the value you get out of exercise may be totally offset by the air quality if you're exercising in bad air. Well, you know, um, can I comment on that? Yeah. A oh. couple things. One, as I was reading, I believe it was a Sentinel this morning, they are recommending that people stay indoors today in Santa Cruz County, not go outside because of the poor air quality. Likewise, for myself, I worked in a pulmonary department for five years. Plus, I was a human subject in an ozone bicycle study um, in preparation for the Olympics in L.A. And absolutely, this air is really bad. And if you're on the edge with pulmonary problems or you've got some sort of flu or any sort of respiratory stuff, I'd stay inside and keep your activity level low. Yeah, and it, it was what amazed me about this for what it's worth is if you go on weatherbug.com, there's a link that, uh, excuse me a second here. There's a link where you can look up the air quality in the area. And so I hit it, looked it up for Capitola, Soquel, uh, Aptos, and everything, and it showed green on the charts. Looked good. And then I started to look at the numbers, and, it, and air quality is, is reported by PM10, PM2.5, and uh, they don't report one as PM1, but there's PM1. I'll tell you what those are in a second for those interested. And then they've got ozone and all sorts of other stuff in there. And as I looked at the map, it all looked green. But as I zoomed on in, zoomed on in, zoomed on in, uh, those areas that looked green started getting to the light yellow. And the air quality index was up around... 48, 49, 50. Now, that's fair. It kept saying fair, okay air quality. The point that I'm trying to get to here is mm -hmm. in, in 
I realized that I was ignorant about all this. And as I started to read more, what happens is PM stars, stands for particle mass size, 10 or 10 microns, millionths of an inch, uh, 2.5 or 2.5. And, and what I did not realize, and this gets to what you were saying, David, mm -hmm. is when you start to get to 2.5, it starts to get deep into your lungs, deep, deep, deep into your lungs. And actually can get in the bloodstream, can actually get into the tissues. People don't realize this. That's one of the reasons they're saying people with heart problems, people with respiratory problems and all sorts of stuff going on. So I'll wrap up the story. I wound up buying an a, a, a air meter, air quality meter. Picked one up for 49, really? 49 bucks. And it was on sale. It was about 40% off because the company had just launched it. They were trying to get sales up to get uh, on Amazon to get, uh -huh. get get people to rate them and everything, and it's amazing. So I I've been been using it and it it, it reads uh, all over the place. But the other thing I found out is trying to quantify it and, or compare it to the reports on Weatherbug, the numbers don't add up. The whole point being, folks, is. I said you don't know Jack. You start off thinking you know something. You start digging deeper. They tell you on the news, air quality good today. If you really were to look in your area, that may or may not be so. And you can do whatever you want, but it's made me more conscious when I go out for a walk or something, watching people running. <clears throat> I saw someone running this morning, and the air quality right now is listed Poorly, air, uh, the air quality index is up around 60, 70, 80. It gets to 100, it's considered dangerous. Like I say, it's less about the air quality than what you and I don't know versus what we think we know. And this has been an ongoing theme of mine, especially in this day and age where everybody's got the Internet, everyone's on the Internet, everyone's become an expert about everything. There's nothing you can't tell others about. I figure not not exactly, but I've come to feel that in many respects, you and I as a species have the same attitude my granddaughter did at the age of four when she wanted to play with my knife. And I said, oh, that's dangerous, honey. And she says, I know that. We live in an I know that kind of world. I know that. I know you're not that kind of person out there. Four seven nine ten eighty. You can give us a call. Vernon, Vernon, Vernon here with Dr. David Biles. But we don't know. We just, fin you know, you and I. I was thinking about that on the way in from in today. Mm -hmm. What do you and I know? This is an ongoing theme, folks. But I can't overstress it because we're living in an age where things are moving so quickly, so quickly in the technology. The ability to do things, like I started out, as I said earlier, at the beginning of the show, I started off behind the mic here on KSCO roughly around 1990. And that was a big thing to be able to be on the radio. You know, you could reach people. You know, people might listen to what you had to say. Compared to what's available today, it's not that the radio is not important, but what's available today in terms of reaching people is readily available out there on the internet. You know, and you and I, for the most part, I don't think know that, or we, we understand it intellectually, but the impact, I don't think really impacts us. Have you ever heard of Stex, Sticks, Hex and Hammer 666? 
Not me. No, I haven't. Young guy, born in 1989, I think right around 30. Uh, very bright young man. He, he does 15-minute 15 15 minute YouTube videos and stuff. Uh -huh. He's got about 300,000 followers. Not particularly big for what it's worth. Not particularly yeah. big. There's a lot of people out there to date since he hmm. launched his channels uh, several years ago. I think he's got something like uh, 1.8 million listens or views. Now, we're limited in our range here on KSCR. By the way, one well, of the we're on the Internet. So let me let me ask you this. Because yeah. <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I at some point there was a time when I was so up on technology when the computer didn't work at a lecture um, I went up and fixed it now I've I decided to let that go and let other people do stuff like that for me so I'm like totally out of the loop on this and um, <clears throat> so this person has created that m many followers you know through whatever he's doing and it just multiplies is that a, is that related to any cash flow to him, or just he's just funneling information to that many people? Uh, both. It's, yeah, both. it's it's both. It's mostly the revenue for that type of stuff mostly comes in on advertising. Okay. Right. So if you have three hundred thousand followers and you're getting paid, you know, a couple cents for every person who watches an advertisement on your video, then that is quite a bit of revenue. But if you're making uh, any type of video that doesn't get monetized, so if it has, you know, swearing, or if it's on a vulgar topic, uh -huh. or if it has guns in it now, um, there's a bunch of regulations and stuff like that, then they won't put advertisements on it, and you won't get any money for it. Except where you're making money these days is in something called Super Chat. Griffin, do you know about Super Chat? <laughs> <laughs> you must have a little too much free time. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. I, well, you know, actually... Someone's got to do it. That's true. And, and I, I'm glad to know because this is like opening another world for me. Um, it, we're still, we were getting into this the other day about the message and Marshall McLuhan and yeah. we're kind of like drifting back to that again. The medium is the message. Yeah. The medium is the message. And, and the reason I bring up sticks is I was listening to a very short piece he did the other day and he was talking about vice news. Vice. No, there, there's. No, there, but I, you know, I think you probably Google anything like that. Yeah, well, it's a it, it's a newscasting thing that digs into stories. It, it, it attracts uh -huh. technically younger viewers. But he's pointing out is they're obsolete. Anything that's really going and there there are videos of Vice Vice News is mm -hmm. on Netflix and all these things. Uh, but he was he was just chastising them because you know they only made uh, what was it uh, six hundred million or something six million last year I can't like I can't remember which one and they were posting a loss they couldn't keep going they couldn't pay their people and they were talking about salon magazine you've heard of salon mm -hmm. they couldn't pay their rent and he was talking about the obsolescence of mainstream media, media. news the thing that everyone's talking about, the MSM, Mainstream Media News, Mainstream, and he was talking, this guy's now 30, about its obsolescence and it being much like the news streams on the Internet being much like military helicopters with all the mainstream media down here. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost to a point you're going to like here. Hmm. Being like primitives down below. Mm. 
throwing spears and trying to shoot bows and arrows mm. at the helicopters to no avail, to no avail, no matter how many of them there were out, out there. And it's fascinating and it's interesting because this is what's driving, this is what's driving people of the Z generation, the younger generation, and it's actually turning out that those that are in the millennial age, people talk about millennials all the time, you know, people our age, millennials, millennials, millennials are becoming obsolete, folks, 4791080. You and I don't know huh. Jack. Well, you know, <laughs> when you first brought that up, I was thinking of uh, the old book, Games People Play by Dr. Eric Byrne, because uh -huh. he had all these different games and he had interesting names like What's in it for me? That was one of them. And one of my favorites was, I've got you, now you SOB. <laughs> and so when, you know, I, I could just imagine him having one of those, you don't know Jacks. You know, so that's my, that was my first thought. But then, you know, as you got into it, yeah, and one of the things on a different level, I tell my kids, I, I often am, am quoted as saying now, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You just yeah. don't know what you don't know. So there it is, you know, the, the young, the old. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing. Let's go back to the media again. When you're talking about the media, it's as almost though you're talking about the ocean, the way it works and all this stuff. And so interesting that we have this media now that has... The reason radio is, in my opinion, it's just that... It is, I haven't read anything, but becoming sort of obsolete is because the masses have so many choices here and the technology has afforded easy accessibility, you know, in your cars, for example. Sure. So, so now you have that and, and then you have these entrepreneurial spirits who have recognized the economies of scale, essentially, right? So they put out something and then at some point... It attracts a mass. They reach critical mass. And you can only put your attention so many places, which is really sad because it, it, it leaves more manipulation open instead of something like what we're doing is open free thought, open exchange, broadcast in the ether, right? Anyone can pick it up, very primitive, uh, can call us on the telephone, because, you know, I, this is, this is, I'm having a good time, but you know, it's always interesting to bring someone else in. We don't want to get too heady here, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, here, here's the point. Let, Jump let, on in here, folks. Well, Call. you know, let me, can we get a little political here for a moment? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so now I was talking to someone this morning because I actually missed the news. I caught some of this the other day, but I made an observation and... Um, Tucker Carlson, it's almost like, you know, your brain's in sync with somebody because I caught bits and pieces of what he was saying the other day. And, and the comment I want to make is, has to do with the way the elections have gone and the way they're... You mean the riots from the conservatives because they lost the House? Well, no, not so much that. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. <laughs> but a... no, I, yes, okay. No. Sarcasm. And, and, and specific, specifically, what's happening in Arizona and Nevada over you know the ballot and and how the states are flipping and and how i see what i see happening is we're beginning to see the effect of increased immigration demographics spreading from the borders to the interior and then population mass aging ability to vote 
it's changing the country bit by bit incrementally and that's why i think you see even in even orange county orange county let me tell you something interesting thing i used to go to uh oh th thank you i used to go to the house of delegates every year when i was um one of the good old boys and and recognized for that and uh every year there'd be like 300 dentists meet <laughs> either in San Diego or Sacramento and the group from Orange County even with the dentist they were the most conservative group of dentists in the entire state I mean these guys would all show up in suits and white shirts and ties and and we all did that kind of like one day but then we loosened up so you know we're seeing things change and this last election really interesting we could talk about that because you know that's always of an interest and that look we've pulled in one fish we're waiting for a few more <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> thing to say about our listeners here on kcoam 1080 479 1080 that i've been accusing of not knowing jack all morning I know. <laughs> we love you by the way <laughs> so well I'll let, you're in charge of the board it's yeah. all good and you know as mc's show so we are sitting in for the saturday special and uh, he's probably listening to this live somewhere i said right or, Let, or let's make the comment that any any content anything you hear from David Biles and I. Can I call you David? Oh, absolutely. Or, 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 I, I like Doc Biles, too. Well, That's you know, I, David's good. I, I don't... I, I always bothered me in school when someone would show up to, to lecture us and say, Hi, I'm, I'm, my name is Dr. So-and-so. And honestly, I can't tell you how many times in the back I'm whispering to my friends, God, there's so many people that have been named doctor by their parents. I just don't get it. <laughs> 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 well, keep going. You're talking about the conservative dentists down there in Orange County well, you and the know, changing it, demographics. It's, it's changing. And then look right now, um, they're, I don't even know what's happening in Orange County elections per se, but I know that they were seeing a shift from conservatism to more liberal stuff. Just like, I mean, some people are thinking this... Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, you know, the, the tip of the spear, and we're in trouble. And I, I'll tell you, I had an experience in Davis about you know, several years ago when I was invited to go up and comment on the... Uh, they were having a fluoride issue up there, kind of interesting process. Whenever the water systems changed, the fluoridationists try and sneak in fluoridation because, well, we're doing it now, let's just add it and make it cheaper. So... I, I was standing next to a couple of kids, young men, who were seniors in high school, uh, Latino, Hispanic, and it was the first time I'd ever heard about social justice warriors. And I was accused of being an evil person because my opinion was thwarting the efforts to fluoridate the water, and, and I was causing cavities to them and their friends. And they were going to reverse that as social justice warriors. It's just a matter of time. So, you know, <laughs> that was kind of a, 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 an awakening for me. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's the youth of America that, by the way, I encourage, I told Griffin when I came in here he should run for office because really, if you're whining out there, if you're mm -hmm. whining out there that the country is run by a bunch of old white guys, get your tail end in gear and run for office because you want to know what? I'm not going to be around forever. Neither is Dr. Biles. Neither, you know, it's time for you to take over the country now. I invite you. 
as you get enthusiastic about people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to listen to what comes out of her mouth, though, and see where she fits into the mainstream of world politics. And maybe everything in mainstream world politics needs to be overturned. That being said, unless the whole world moves with you to have someone ignorant regarding matters of the world mm -hmm. running your country, put your country at risk. So, 479, 1080, go ahead. Okay, so I want to put a plug in here for as long as you're bringing that up, this is the plug I would put in. If you have children, um, I would encourage you to encourage them to participate in team sports in school as well as band, marching band, any large group activity that's going to bring them in contact with a lot of other kids where leadership skills can be learned. Also, the opportunity to be just with a lot of different people. Uh, more and more, I'm seeing the problem of families that only have one child. You know, no neighborhoods, not multiple kids. We really need to see, honestly, bigger families. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll and that's get what Tucker Carlson got into, too. And that was, I think, some of the issue because, you know, he wasn't on Thursday and Friday because one of those nights, Wednesday night, I believe, his home was surrounded by pro... Do you know about this? Yes, yes, yes. By, by pro well, see, I haven't been on the radio. No, but you actually, like, you say, you know, yeah, I'm, you know. Time, I, I'm out there sniffing as Richard from Watson. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, this is... I, can it get any worse than that? This is terrible that you can't you can't have an opinion and and your home is attacked or not attacked but you know but close uh, to it very close uh, man, to it. I just heard part of it on the on the radio as I'm driving down the road. I couldn't believe they have bullhorns. Yeah. That's unacceptable. No, totally I, unacceptable. I, I I agree. I, I can't agree. wait to see the next two years. I'll tell you because I want to know what tack the Democrats are going to take. Are they going to do something to build this country, or are they going to continue to take care of it for the dreamers, or are they going to just investigate Trump ad nauseum? Because you know what, I, whatever just happened here, I, I think you're you're going to see another four years of Donald Trump, because we in spite of it all. Um, <laughs> things are marching ahead. No, we need we. You and I need to hear not just here today, but period. Start to shift the language because Dreamers is an acronym, and when you say Dreamers, it carries with it some sort of connotation that sets up a mindset. That, that boy, that I'm in agreement there. Well, we'll 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 have to figure that one out. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, I'm with you there. Don Don from Salinas, you're on the Saturday special with David Biles and Vernon Vernon Vernon. What do you got to say? Thomas Edison, go. You guys are talking about. Uh, number one, Thomas Edison famously said this, we don't know one-tenth of one percent about anything. He might, have been, he might have been uh, <laughs> overestimating that, yeah, too. <laughs> go ahead. Well, and, and uh, there's another thing that I like. He knows just enough about that subject to be dangerous. That, and, and that is so much of a truth. You know, when, when you look at things like uh, one, of, one of you guys was saying about how on the Internet you can't monetize a video if it has a gun in it. Really? Uh, you know, alcohol causes rape, murders, molestations, overdoses, everything. But if you have a video of some fool drunk falling down a flight of stairs in a funny way, you can make money off of it. But is, it, is that really true about the gun? 
Uh, you, yeah. Were you guys serious about that? No. Don, you really hit on something here. You can have Hollywood put out a movie with whatever. And all yeah, yeah, all but, but on Halloween YouTube movies. streams, you, you're, you're starting to see uh, censorship, if you will, or control of what's put out there based on monetization of YouTube videos is if they don't like or deem what you're saying dangerous, bad, they don't like the language, you don't like the message, they are cutting people off, cutting off their revenue streams. So where people used to be able yeah. to, to subscribe to their channels, donate, pay through PayPal and a variety of things uh, to support the person that they wanted, their channel, they are now cutting off those streams. Patreon's another one that people can pay for this. So that's another way that things are now being uh, censored in a very strange way. What the super chat is, is usually there's a chat room going on while the person's doing the broadcast. Well, who's really behind the censoring, do you think? Well, who goes... Oh, you know, ideology I mean, you know, is behind the censoring is what it is. They, they're just monetizing that alone, huh? ideology. Mm. They're, they're monetizing their ideology is what they're doing. They have a, a view of the world, and they're going to force it down our throats in a fascistic way, one way or another, whether through the government or through our pocketbook. Yeah, it, this well, is very interesting. Yeah. What was once a very open stream, and Don listens to me when I do uh, internet streams and internet radio on, on occasionally these days, did it more in the past. And uh, lots yeah, open. You know, there, there, there's a, you know, there's a, there's something that they say that that uh, Winston Churchill said when after they defeated fascism, he said when the fascists come back, they will call themselves anti-fascists. And they and, have you know, Antifa. Oh, they have, and, and that kind of brings me into you were talking about this voting deal that's going on with Florida and Arizona. Have you guys in your memory? When it comes down to a recount between a Democrat and a Republican, ever seen the Republican gain votes? No. Well, they never was, do. What about they, Bush and Gore? Bush and Gore, no, that was, that was he already had a majority and he kept it. But that, that, the Gore came close. He was gaining votes. Mm -hmm. Bush didn't gain any votes. Well, but I'm gonna, I want to run up that up real quick there. Again, I, I hope saying you don't know Jack. Don, what I want to say is what always struck me is the news media at the particular recount said that they would be going back through to show how it happened. And I remember thinking along the way, I never really heard a big ado made about that. So I looked it up, and they did go back and recount. They did go back and recheck it. By, yeah, and what they found is had the count been done the way Gore wanted it, he would have lost. Had it been done the way Bush wanted it, he probably would have been lost. And had the whole state been recounted, it was was very close. Don, I'm going to ask you to wrap it up here in a second. I hate to rush people off, but there's... Yeah. Okay, well, well, about this uh, Tucker Carlson thing, what happened over at his house, this is what our future is. The, the liberal ideology has turned violent. They've gone to the dark side. And this is how they're going to do it. Since they've, they've won on, like, in, on the Internet, they've won. The, the, the progressives have won. They're taking away the money from any kind of conservative... Actually, they have not... They, they, they are trying to win, but the, actually it turns out the conservatives, especially the alt-right 
pretty much owns that well, territory, Don. They really do. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with Don. They, they've, they've removed some people. Just if you use Alex Jones alone as an example. Yeah. They've look, removed look, him look from all our, these prospective listeners. You know, he's yeah, not well, easily accessible. Look at our, our, our lives, how our lives are being controlled. You were talking about particulates in the air. Yes. They're using it to take away your wood stove. There you go. And that's a fact. And and this is how they're doing it on all fronts. Well, now, again, yeah, no crisis goes without uh, some opportunity, huh? <laughs> yeah. But but really, if you look at it, the conservatives are becoming polite punching bags, allowing this to happen. We're not fighting back. And I hate to say it, but uh, evil prevails when good men do nothing. And the conservatives are right now doing nothing. Out there, they were banging on Tucker Carlson's door. His wife was alone in the house. You don't hear jack squat from any of the rest of the main media, of the main media about this, about a woman being terrified in her home while thugs are outside banging on her door saying, we know that you sleep here. We're going to get you. And nobody got arrested. No, you're right, and and that's and that is the bias, and it's it's ridiculous to see this sort of thing. It's it's terrifying. That's terrorism right there. Don, thanks for the call. Going to move okay. on. Here. Thanks so much Good for job. calling. Appreciate it. If I can, really quick, uh, just insert something. Uh, we did get a caller asking to talk about the California fire. I don't know if you have much was to that say Jan? on that. Um, oh no! It was it was somebody else. They just Jan. Sorry, I was just getting ready to get to you. Uh, I don't know to give an update on it or um, no. They just wanted a conversation about it, and that's yeah. what I thought too. Is that they're yeah yeah. Be much to uh, say, well, he here's one for you. Um, I was ta talking to a couple patients the other day or staff. N never before in our lifetimes have we seen this kind of um, damage anywhere you know and it's hard to imagine in your lifetime and my lifetime that the forests have gotten so much incrementally worse that we should have this sort of issue so why do you think this is happening probably really? Cause, probably because yeah. they don't let them burn naturally yeah i mean it's you think we're finally there this is critical mass on the forest now well because maybe. I, I driving in today you know I don't think there's anything you could do in the San Lorenzo Valley. You couldn't thin out enough trees to not have devastation if, if the wind whipped it up the valley. And I think, you know, it, it's scary to me because I live there. So we can't be having... I, one of the things I would do, I'd ban all campfires altogether at any of the parks in this area, altogether, here and now, period. And someone would probably start one. And I, I, yeah. I, I would, I'd cite them immediately. <laughs> Georgia, yeah. set, doc, set David Biles straight here. <laughs> hey, guys. Can you hear me, Vernon? I can hear you Lima Charlie, as they said. My, since since <laughs> okay. tomorrow is Veterans Day, that's a Lima Charlie. Lima Charlie. My daughter's birthday. <laughs> Go ahead, darling. Well, I uh, I wanted to call and challenge this we don't know Jack because I completely disagree. I think that's what they want us to believe because it's a way of controlling us. Let me tell you what we know, Vernon and Dr. Biles. We all know something is fundamentally wrong with our country. We know there's no rule of law. We know there is no civility. We know we aren't safe in our homes or anywhere, churches, synagogues. We know our freedom of speech is being taken.
We know our votes no longer count or hold any weight, and we know that the people we elect are more interested in their power than in our own interests. So I think we know plenty. But here's what's happening. We are waking up, and they're scared. So that's why they want us to believe that we don't know Jack. Oh, they didn't. They weren't the ones that said that. That was just me, and it's actually more in a philosophical vein, but maybe I'll deal with that later. Yeah. I'm not saying I, we don't know anything. I, I, I think we know plenty. I think we know something's very wrong here, and we need to start stepping up and demanding that we bring the power back to the people of this country, Vernon. Yeah, or I we're think, in deep trouble. Well, I don't disagree there. I think there's there's been a lot that's been changed, and, uh, and we were talking about, David brought it up earlier about families and family structures, and mm -hmm. Charles Murray, who's taken a lot of heat, uh, has tried to bring that to the forefront in terms of how much things have changed from the 60s. And for those of you listening out there that are hearing me say, oh, the good old days, that's not what I'm trying to address. He's trying to address how the social structures change in a way that has not served society and children and how it's leading to uh, more, a gap. More division. A, a gap between uh, working-class America and what many would call the elites or the intelligentsia, the intelligence. The, because as he points out, if you go back in the 60s and you look at the upper-class neighborhoods, you know, many of the people, they, there was an intermixture of people from the working class, people who worked in factories, things like that. If you go and look at those same neighborhoods today, uh, they're isolated from most of the rest of America. Most of their, their own kids go to the same schools. You know, they're all college educated. Not saying that college education is the way to go, George. I want to make clear about that. But he, she's making the point that there's not this mixing, this... Uh, uh, of of America, you know, working class with the rest of America. He points out that in those days, that you know, CEOs of companies, it was just in poor taste to drive the super better than everyone else car, you know, mm -hmm. and, and present that attitude because we were all Americans. And as he points out, even today, as you look at the elites, and I I have a hard time with that word because people don't define it. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with it. But as he points out, is their values are very still very much those of the 60s that you found in, in middle-class America in the 60s. 85% of, the, the, of the, the people were married that had children. You still find that pervades in the, in, in the elites. Uh, whereas I mean, when you get out into to rural, many of the lower working-class America, you start to get in the 40s and 50s, the disintegration of the family for a variety of reasons. Well, and one well, of the biggest reasons you, is economic. Mm -hmm. So there you are. People are well, happy and productive. Uh, relationships do you guys believe better. that demographics are our future? No, I, no, no, no. But I, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that, Georgia? I mean, the demo when you talk about the cultural shifts that have occurred, why don't you talk honestly about where that's coming from? Uh, uh, our I principles, our values, our cultures have been taken over by the people that we have allowed to come in to continue their cultures from where they came. I, I agree with you, and that's usually, I hope that comes across when I'm talking about this. That's exactly what I'm saying. These, these people who have come in here in droves 
have come in here many times. We, you know, I'm half Spanish. I still have part of my Spanish culture and heritage, but I don't think of myself as a Spanish American or an American Spaniard. You know, what of that? Um, I'm like second, third generation down. But, but my family came and integrated in, and you know, we, we assimilated. That's what we're talking about. These people are coming. They're maintaining their own agenda and, and family values. I agree. And they're and, and they're shifted. overpopulating. Relative mm-hmm. to what we do, because you know, I was thinking about this. One, one more thing I want to throw in here, uh, Vernon. One of my patients has been coming to me for years and years. She's a school teacher, and teaching over in San Jose at one of the elementary schools my sister went to, and she comes. She's been coming over the years, telling me of all these special programs they have for uh, ethnic and minority kids, and, what, and nothing for w- white kids. nothing so so they're constantly giving you know what are we doing philosophically here are we trying to raise them up to our culture or bring everybody down so that you know Mm -hmm. we're all at that level you know Mm -hmm. those are big things to ask they certainly are and i think that's the crux of the problem and i think we're such a country of virtue signalers now nobody wants to really address it and be honest about it if you talk about the 60s and you look at what changed after 1965 when teddy kennedy brought in that immigration reform our country has steadily been going down in every way to the uh, unfortunate, uh, the American people are the ones who are suffering. We are spending billions of dollars on these people who are coming in, and we have American people living on the streets. We have American people killing each other in inner cities like Chicago, and we're doing nothing about it. Well, j- but just- we're handing over our country to these, and I call them invaders because that's what they are. And I don't understand why people aren't enraged about it and willing to talk honestly about it. It's this blue check mark. Everybody wants to be liked and seen as a compassionate, virtue-signaling liar is what we've become. And it frustrates the hell out of me. I don't get it. I, I think this is one of my things. I think that some people haven't awakened to the fact that... We, I don't think we've hit critical mass where they realize that we're not taking care of our own. Perhaps with these fires, can you imagine how many displaced people this oh. is going to be? And, and yet we were more concerned about finding driver's license for people who are here illegally or dreamers. And I'm on board with you. Let's take care of our own. That was Ross Perot's message, and it, it, it shouldn't have changed. Georgia, darling, going to have to move on here. Thank you. Thank will, you both. You and I will be in communication All very right. soon. Thanks. Hey, thanks All for right. adding to the show. This is the Saturday special. With David Biles and Vernon, <laughs> Vernon, Vernon, Vernon. Vernon. <laughs> Colonel Terry. Well, gentlemen, I, I would have... I shouldn't well, have said you don't know Jack because Colonel Terry knows all. <laughs> well, and, I unabashedly, like you and David... I know a lot about a lot of things. Uh, yes, I've had a lot of security that's allowed for that. I don't, I, don't, I don't deny that whatsoever. And we need the charisma you bring as well <laughs> to Colonel Terry. So thank you for the call. Have you ever looked out at life, David? This is something that I, from time to time, and I include myself in this and see us all as kind of caricatures in a way. Of course. <laughs> Go ahead, Colonel Terry. Look, look, I participated in KS 
CO, because I feel uh, we have had the good fortune to be experienced to see things like, in my case, working at the White House and seeing the national government and a perspective that ranged from Nader to, you know, uh, Perot and everything in between and beyond. And, and the chance, the, the opportunity to have an education that well inform me about how our civilization got to where it is. Now, I'm not the only person that calls in that has that perspective. But my, my view is I want to defend recognizing reality. That is so important because recognizing reality is how Western culture got to where it is, how modern science came into being, modern medicine, modern dentistry, David, I think you agree. Um, and our political system that really has had a balance of individual liberties, respect for personal property ownership, and participation in the demos, as the Greeks would describe it. And we've been a very successful continental nation for all of those reasons of respecting reality and respecting science and respecting justice. Uh, again, something fundamental in the Greek democratic traditions of ancient Greece. I'm gonna ha I want you to hold that thought for a second here, because I want I want to ask Griffin a question, okay? Because we have I, we have the the beauty of having him be here. Do you listen to most much of the stuff that goes on on KSC, or do you just work the board back there? You oh, don't have what to. do you mean by uh, most of this stuff? Like are, the drama or what? Are, no, are you, are you, are mo, mo, do you listen to any of the talk radio that's going on? Or yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you hear Colonel Terry and a lot of the audience talk, and I, it, this is not meant to be to denigrate anyone, uh, how do you see what they have to say from your perspective of life from your age? Uh, I mean, they're all people right so they all have their own views and stuff and i, I don't know i'm not one to judge um sometimes i hear things and i go he's not on the air oh well uh that's right colonel terry can't hear oh, me you can't, yeah on, you, so you, you, the to... problem is he's in the studio you can't hear him you're gonna have to hear him later colonel terry so the rest of the listening audience can hear you right yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry about that terry but that's i just wanted to get his input and it will be on the recording mark it on your clock 10 you know one hour 51 minutes in you can listen to the replay but okay. go ahead so sometimes i do hear things and i go oh, oh you know from me? my perspective okay no oh. i'm gonna put you you keep i'll tell Should you I when just you come in talk. there yeah come on in here. all right so if you're gonna call in now uh you might want to wait till after the top of the hour because I'm pulling Griffin in the studio so Colonel Terry can hear what he has to say. And the reason I want to bring him in here is this, you and I are on our way out, Colonel Terry. Would you disagree with that? Well, we're getting old. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're closer to the end of our, all things being equal. You know, Griffin could get involved in a car accident and exit <laughs> soon. <laughs> right. But in all likelihood, he's going to be around longer than we are at this point in life. All right. But our wisdom should have some continuity. Well, I'm not saying anything about wisdom. I, I, wanted, I just want to know how he hears this listening audience through the lenses of his age. Not good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's not, not a judgment. because oh, I, I agree with you. I'm very curious as well. Go. Okay. Well, um, you can hear me now, right? Yes. All right. So most of the things that I hear people say... I generally view as, you know, a, a personal viewpoint. It's something that they've developed over their life. It's something that they want to express to other people, so they're obviously passionate about it, and it's probably something that they're not going to change. So, for the most part, it kind of just, um, I, it doesn't feel as, uh, oh, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, dynamic? 
as, uh -huh. as like a, a talk host because a, a talk host when they're on they're here for the most part it seems to express their viewpoint and to gather a consensus from the general public of what of they what? if they think and like if they agree um and most of the callers you know are older people and they've obviously seen their fair share of things um and they seem reasonable nobody there's a few callers that come in and are very aggravated and have opinions that I personally disagree with, but for the most part, people are reasonable, and I don't know. I don't have any major conflict with most of the callers. How do you see the comments made by older generations in terms of their relevance? Their relevance? Yes. That's I think what, they're still relevant. I mean, they're, of course they're and, still relevant. And how are they seen, uh, from your point of view, with respect to others of your generation? Do you, like do I think other people from my generation would agree yeah, with them? Are are dismissive of the elder people, or um, I think just some kinda... of them are, but they're close-minded individuals. You okay. know, I think that open-minded people are open to everybody's opinion, um, at least a little bit. I mean, sure, you come out here and you say something ludicrous, uh, unless you have some evidence to back it up. I'm not gonna. Mm. How can you say such a <laughs> something so you know like that? Go ahead, Ter Terry. What do you got to say about that? See, I'm interested. I'm really interested. It really is your world. Really is your country. Yeah. You, you know, at some point, your generation, the millennials, well, younger I mean, I'm generations. Terrified. I have no idea what's going to happen in the near future. Yeah, I mean, that's mainly because of um, the technology and how people are growing up uh, in the current day and age. I was. You know, I'm happy to be born the time I was. I'm happy that I wasn't introduced to uh, iPhones or, you know, any of that stuff yeah. until I was into middle school, um, which I still think was a little bit too early. I think. Like, and Silicon Valley, George, if you're out there, I want you to make sure you hear this. The elites, those that run Silicon Valley, as has been pointed out, are ones that deny their own children this technology in their younger yeah. ages. That's because they're smart. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're smart, you don't let your kids um, interact with any of that stuff until they're, you know, old enough to really fully comprehend what they're doing. Yeah. Even adults this, these days are, might not be all that <laughs> <laughs> capable of dealing with technology. Go ahead, Colonel Terry. Well, there is the concern of addiction, uh, cell phone and Internet, which apparently is uh, a demonstrable reality in some cases, in the opinion of some medical psychological experts. I mean, do you even think that's avoidable, though? Because we have to interact with it now. It's, that's uh, a it's very essential. good point, young man. Uh, and by the way, I respect your wisdom that you mentioned earlier and, and the uh, your, your acknowledgement that you are concerned about the future. Colonel <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I'm going to have you make some closing comments because I want to move on to Rich. He's been on hold for a long time. i got Dick and Jerry and good. others here. Got to respect reality, and the reality is that we have an overpopulated planet with seven moving to nine billion people. We cannot have a standard of living here or anywhere else that will be consistent with what we want and have had and do have now unless we control the over demographic. Um, and we cannot become a polyglot nation where we don't have consensus. Um, and we've got to respect. And I think consensus gets harder and harder. To get, I did a show on this about two, three years ago. What does it mean to be United States of America? And and people made fun of me because I'd been watching the Discovery Channel about the swamp people, and oh, I thought, okay. what, what, did, you know, if you're really going to talk about commonality, 
what do people that live in the swamps, and, and this is not denigrating, but hunt alligators, yeah, you yeah. know, and they make their living doing that. It's a whole culture down there. Have in common with uh, suburban Los Angeles or New well, York or whatever. My last point is I'm sure you and David agree we've got to have English respected and the traditions of the American uh, constitutional tradition. And I don't mean right wing necessarily or left wing because I find both left and right wings wrong at the extremes. But we've got to have English and, and, and a common cultural respect uh, to hold consensus. You know, I would, I would agree with that. And uh, if someone wants to call and argue that, if someone wants to learn another language, uh, they can. And when you mention that, I'll give you a quick story. I was at the local dump one day, and uh, some, a man came, came in behind me, big truck, and he was gesticulating and speaking Spanish. And I called the guy over at the dump. It was in the recyclable area. And I says, can you ask him what he wants? I don't understand him. And he, came, he says, he wants to know if you can move your truck forward so he can unload all this recyclable polyvinyl chloride, PVC right. pipe, you know. I says, sure. I says, absolutely. I have no problem with that. But I want you to tell him something for me. I want, him, want you to tell him he's in a la Estados Unidos, the United States of America. It's my country, and the language of my country is English. And if he wants me to do something for him in my country, he needs to learn my language. And you can also tell him, if I'm in Mexico and want something similar from him, I will learn Spanish and learn how, learn how to ask him to do what I need of him and wish from him in right. his native language. And we're coming to the top of the hour here. Colonel Terry, I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, Rich, smart wing. Yeah. Keep it up. Rich, work. hang in there. Sorry I didn't get to you, and we'll get you right get you right at the top of the hour. Uh, you're listening to the Saturday special. Maybe I haven't handled the calls as well as I should, but as you all know, I don't uh, – I like to give everyone their dues. So, uh, Rich, hang in there. Rich, Dick, Jerry, we'll get right to you at the top of the hour, and uh, you're listening to the Saturday special with Vernon, 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 and David Biles. David had to step out for a minute or so, but he will be back shortly. He'll be back here with me in the next hour. So uh, hang on in there. We'll continue this conversation. Maybe we do know Jack. <laughs> Take it away. Week is going to be sitting in the mid to low 70s and the high 60s. And now it is time for hour two of the Saturday special. <laughs> Okay, folks. Okay, folks, back here with you for the second hour of the Saturday special. My name is Vernon, aka Vernon, 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 aka V Cubed. Call on number is 479-1080. When we went to the break, I told all of you wonderful people on hold, I'd get right to you. Rich, thanks for hanging in there. Are you there? Oh, I got to turn your mic on. There you go. Rich? I'm here. Good. Hit me. Good. Hit me hard. <laughs> okay, well, there's a whole bunch of things. I'll throw them all out real quick here. The thing that I was watching on the elections here this 
past week in uh, California was, what was going to happen to that gas tax bill? Are we going to implement that thing? Or is that thing somehow magically stay there? Well, I don't know. What, how did that one turn out? I didn't follow the California election propositions this year. Well, the gas tax bill, either because of the wording or the stupidity of the people in this country, in our state, passed. It's going to stay. We're not going to get rid of 12 cents taxes. Now, can you imagine how many people in this, in this state want to pay more gas tax? I can't believe this thing would stay on the ballot. Well, you know, Rich, there's an interesting thing about that that I'd never taken the time to think about is on the one end you hear people talking about progressive tax structures and taxes on gasoline are regressive. They're going to hurt the poor more than anyone. Exactly. Why would anybody vote to keep the gas tax? Just 12 cents? I mean, and by the way, the original law was only 30% of that was going to be going to the roads anyway. The rest was going to the general budget. And, and that's going to go anywhere they want to put it. And the thing is that, that always that amazes me uh, regarding that is that we've had the gas taxes for years and years and years to help maintain the roads, and then they tell us the roads are falling apart, the infrastructure is falling apart. What have they been doing with the money that's supposed to take care of the roads in the first place? And yeah. by the yeah. By the way, I, I visited my daughter back in Cleveland last week. Their gas back there is right, two fifty a gallon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everywhere it's cheaper. Everywhere it's cheaper. But the bottom line is, as far as I'm concerned, this has been manipulated. The votes are manipulated. There's no reasonable, logical reason why people would want to continue to pay those taxes, especially the poor. And by the way, that's also going to increase too. They're going to yearly. They're going to keep increasing those gas taxes. It's not just one time, it's part of the part of the bill. Well, so it's going to continue to be increased. All right. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't trust any votes in California because it's all manipulated. The second thing is on the fires. By the way, I'm getting an echo. I don't know uh, if you can hear it. I can hear a little bit of it, but I can understand yeah. you well enough. I'm used to l listening to bad phone calls. On the fires, we've had three years of, of enormous fires here. This is. If you go to Deborah Tavares's website, she's got a number of articles about the fires and how this is all about directed energy weapons, do the EW, where they're deliberately set. And a good example is because of uh, Paradise. Yeah. That whole thing just disappeared pretty much. And there wasn't enough time once the fire started to notify the people in Paradise so they didn't have to drive through the flames and die in some, some of them dying in the flames. That's ridiculous. There's no way in the world that thing could have gone that fast, even with the wind, and these people not being notified to get out of that city. I mean, you have police departments can call other police departments, and one city calling another, you know, you got to get out of there. But these people were panicking. They, they had no idea this thing was coming this fast. So that was deliberately set, and it's all part of Agenda 21, which is to depopulate the countryside and then make it real difficult to rebuild costly you know, rules, regulations to go through, and they don't want people back onto the countryside. They want them out of the countryside, part of the Agenda 21. This has been going on forever. And so all, all this stuff is related to the globalists wanting to control our lives. And they do it in every, whether they manipulate the boat, the boat like in Florida with 15,000 ballots, all of a sudden miraculously show up. <laughs> They'll do anything they can to win. The only thing that's good 
is all these indictments that have been building up since October of last year, 60,000 plus indictments, is starting to be opened in November. What day, I can't tell you, but all this stuff is supposed to be starting to be opening on the indictment and putting people in jail for all this manipulation that's been going well, on. Well, Rich, what I'll tell you is that I will put it on, uh, I'm putting it on my pad of paper here that I'll be watching for them because I hear people tell me all the time that they're, in, their special source tells me something's coming down the line, and half the time right. it come, doesn't doesn't show up. So we'll see. November and, and indictments, right? Those, the place the place to go check on those indictments is a website called Pace P A C E. They keep track of all of these things on a, on a uh, monthly basis. Is that dot com and, net org. I believe it's dot org. Okay. Perfect. Anything there's about six thousand right now out there, and so. And it lists the states they're in, uh, so it's all real detailed, so you can see all this stuff. And the average year, we normally have about 2,000 indictments on an average year. Uh, so we're talking about 60,000 indictments. Things are going to be, something's going to hit the fan pretty well, soon. Well, the prisons are going to be full if they all <laughs> lead to prosecutions. Well, they're, oh, they're releasing all the prisoners so they can vote oh. now. Anyway, I, that's my two cents. Listen, appreciate it, and thank you for your patience and holding on. Really appreciate it here. Bye-bye. 479-1080. Let's go ahead here. And Dick from Santa Cruz. Hey, <clears throat> Dr. Viles there? Uh, he is out for the moment. He had to uh, had some personal okay. business to attend All to. All right, I... I don't want to talk to you. No. Um, That's no, okay. That's okay. You know. <laughs> by the way, he will be, Dick. He will be back. So you know, it, it, whatever you had for him. I was kidding. No, He's no. I, but, and, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. What I'm saying is, you, we'll have our conversation when he comes back in. You'll know he's here. And if you have a question for him, call back in. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to say, um, I, somebody mentioned about what's going to happen in the next two years, and that, that got me, got the wheels turning. Um, First of all, I wanted to uh, congratulate Georgia. She hit the nail on the head, and so did Trump. His recent EO that just came out where he was actually uh, going to uh, tell illegals uh, that if they don't go through a point of entry, they can't apply for asylum. That is actually the very first time ever that our, uh, that our immigration laws uh, are being uh, reeled in. And it will stop these guys from coming. So it's the very first time, the very first, and I, you know, of course it's challenged already by the ACLU, but uh, I believe they'll lose just like they lost with the, uh, the, the, the Trump ban on, um, you know, they like to call it the Muslim ban, but it wasn't um, a Muslim ban. Uh, anyway, the next two years, um, I think it's going to be an incredible immigration fight. Um, I think... Some lawmakers are waking up like Georgia is waking them up, uh, and Dr. Biles, that this immigration and uh, the, uh, the, the elections, the way they're skewing now, and uh, uh, without any reason to skew other than demographics, and also the, Demo and Demo the Democrats uh, are, or I, will, I like to call them the alt-left, is rising and, and they will do anything to win. There's going to be a lot more violence in the streets. There's going to be a lot more free speech attacks. Um, uh, and uh, the globalism, like that last fellow was saying, that's what's driving these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're setting those fires. I wish, 
I didn't have to repeat that. Uh, it's, a re- it's, it's, it's a terrible thought. But, you know, an awful lot of people in society today, they, they really aren't thinking too much outside their, you know, Nets, Netflix and their uh, Facebook pages. You know, there, there's, there's huge... Uh, uh, there's a huge Dick, let me stop you a second of, there. Let me stop you a second there yeah. and just ask you a question, okay? How do you know that? How do I know what? That a lot of people aren't thinking outside of Netflix or their entertainment. I'm not saying I disagree saying, with you. I'm not saying I, I disagree with yeah. you. But how do you know, you know that? You make, you make a statement, well, which I respect, but I think that, you know, there's okay, a book okay. out called Factfulness that actually shows... I'll, I'll just put it this way. I'll just put it this way. The, popula- the population dies and the population reborns, and, and we have more kids, and, and they go to college. Okay, now, you do a survey of the college preps, um, professors, okay, and you look at the type of courses that are ramping up, uh, and, and it's, it's basically what they're being taught from day one sometimes. They, uh, th- and, I mean, my... my uh, wife is a su- substitute teacher. She knows what's going on about scaring these kids very early on. So what I'm saying is they're so scared, they're not having families, not having kids. They're going to pornography. They're going to the Internet. They're going to – they're not dating. They're, 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 uh, their world is small, it's not big. Like in World War II, it was really big. We all had to give up our pots and pans to keep the planes flying. Anyway, um, I, was, I just wanted to think about, let people think about the next two years. And believe me, the alt-left is alive and well. They love calling us the alt-right, but they're, they're, they're growing like crazy. They're, you know, attacking Carlson and, and all kinds of Congress people and and uh, it's not going to stop. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of violence in the next couple of years, especially if Trump and the lame duck uh, Congress actually wakes up and fixes some more asylum laws and fixes some of the legal immigration that's outrageously, uh, you know, the the chain migration and the merit based only migration would be great. Okay, well, that's all I got. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Now, you know, I, 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 those are the things I'm curious about because you've heard me say this before, and I'll, I'll let you have a final word on this, is that all I know f- is, is any sort of fact right now is what's in my, within the, the range of my senses. I can look in the window. I see Griffin in there in the control room. You know, I can hear you through the headphones and stuff. But everything else comes to me from outside of me. And so that my thinking about the way the world is is in How large measure... How many selfies measures, do you take a day? Huh? <laughs> How many selfies do you, do, do, do you take a None. day? None. I'm not a selfie <laughs> kind of guy. There you go. Yeah. See, you're not... Yeah, you're, I'm not but, talking about you at all. No, yeah. no, no, no. But what I, but, but what I also have started to really observe is that that if it, what what most people know is coming in from the outside and what that literally means i was having a conversation with someone close to me recently and they're saying well i do my research and do this and that and whatever and i thought of the analogy of a library is everyone fundamentally has the same 
general library from which to which they go. But what winds up in there is not determined by you and I. That's all I'm saying. No, it isn't. But and, it is the the uh, the left at the university levels and even all the oh, way down the elementary is pushing it, yeah, pushing their agenda. Do you know who Jonathan Haidt is? Haidt, H-A-I-D-T? I've heard it. I think I've heard the name. You should look him up and listen to some of his stuff. You're probably acquainted with Jordan Peterson, too, some of the, the oh, dark, yeah. dark web people and stuff. Listen, i got to move on here, but I okay. really appreciate your input. Thanks so much, Dick. Alia Vista. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. Four seven nine ten eighty. Uh, before you move on, yeah, I'd like to say that he is he's right in a lot of ways. At least I think he is, at least for me personally, especially what he said about being scared to have kids. Um, I'm terrified to have a child. Not that I don't want to have one, but I think a lot of people are terrified to have a child too because they're financially terrified. Having a kid is a, it's a big investment, and you have to be pretty well off, at least in my opinion, to have one and then also raise it comfortably because we're also growing up in the society where everybody has mental health problems, and that's a big part of us sitting down all day and not interacting with each other as much as we should and all this other stuff, but we don't want to have a kid with mental health problems. And I'm going to say something at the risk of being called racist here is that's not across the board. <laughs> White America it, it may be afraid to have kids. There's a yeah. lot of cultures having kids that, you know, it, it's just the everyday, ordinary, normal course of life. Going to go here to Jerry in San Jose, and thank you very much for your patience, Jerry. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to respond to that woman that uh, called me or call us uh, invaders when she is the invader in all not all, but a lot of European, they forgot that they are the invaders. And I want to tell my brothers and sisters from Chile, Argentina, Brazil, Guatemala, Peru, Mexico, Canada, from all over. If they want to come to the United States, come. Come, brothers. Come to the United States. Should Go anywhere you want to go. Jerry, go Jerry, Jerry. Should, Jerry, Jerry, let me ask you a question then. Should the United States go ahead and uh, just in mass go and take over Mexico? Let me finish. Or, no, well, I, so go all ahead. All my brothers that want to come, all the people who want to come to America, come to America. Life is too short not to go anywhere you want to go. Well, that, then... then the gas, you're welcome. Because the bottom line, don't listen, don't believe these people like that woman. Life is too short. You are free since you were born, to go anywhere you want. Now, most of Europeans are good people, great people. You're welcome to America, too. But don't forget, woman, you are the invader. People with that mentality like you are the invaders. We didn't have the chance. You destroy, you destroy most of our culture. We are still putting it together. But we didn't have the chance to grow organically thanks to your invasion. Now I gotta go to work. Thanks. Uh, well, okay, Jerry. Sorry you gotta go work, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I someone just posted something the other day about you know about uh, America invading and taking over Texas, and I w it was a very interesting thing because when I, you, I went back and looked up the his history of Texas uh, before the Mexicans invaded. Uh, France invaded, the indigenous people of uh, Mexico were thrown out, and and you can the problem that we run into is everyone picks 
selectively what part of history they want to report or deal to. And clearly, uh, Mexico was here, or the Spanish were here in California before, uh, before the United States took over California. We bought the land from California, we bought California from Mexico. They might have buyer's seller's remorse at this particular point in time, but the society and the world has moved on for the, from those days. If you go back far enough, it was to the victor want the spoils. You know, whoever the conqueror was, whoever prevailed in the conquest took over the land. And this, this is the way the world worked for hundreds and hundreds of years, even thousands of years. Gary from Live Oak, you're on the air. I think I got you on. Go ahead. Testing one, two. Am I here? <laughs> you're Lima Charlie, as I told Georgia. Okay. Anyway, one of the reasons why all our kids are thinking global is because uh, Michael Watkins, who is head of the uh, uh, Unified School uh, System throughout Monterey, or Santa Cruz for a long time, was a actual board member of ICLE, which is a front for both the United Nations and world government. But getting back to the gas tax, uh, very few people know that AMBAG, the Association of Monterey Bay Area Governments, uh, had a meeting in Cordelitos a couple of months ago, or actually about six weeks ago. I was uh, only one of one other person from the public from three counties and 16 cities that, that attended. And uh, they voted there uh, to vote against the gas tax. So they're using uh, public's money, your taxes, in order to enforce and increase and say that the public no longer can vote on gas taxes. Also, Every single person that's a member of either a, a, uh, either a supervisor or city councilman in the whole state of California belongs to the California League of Cities. Again, we taxpayers pay for our so-called so our representatives to go there. If you go to their website, you'll find that they support reducing the threshold for, for bonds uh, from a, a two-thirds majority to a 55%. Uh, they also endorsed uh, climate change, change policies, which is uh, fixing uh, science or trying to uh, claim that they understand science. They also have, any time you vote somebody new to a city council person or a supervisor, they run them through 30 hours of programs to tell them how to behave. Gary, 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 I'm going to stop you for a second. I'm going to do what they call coaching, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. You're on a roll, my friend, but I want to share something with you. And I'm, I'm very acquainted with what I'm, what I'm about to talk about because I'm guilty of it, too. And it's called, there's a site called Your Bias Is. Okay, and one of the ones that I always chuckle about is your bias is the information bias. Okay, this is where the coaching comes in. You are so well studied across the board in so many areas that it's very hard for you to communicate what you need to communicate to people because you know so much that to even bring them up to speed with your knowledge about what you're talking about is almost impossible. That being said, here's a kernel in what you're saying that I think a lot of people can get some knowledge out of. It's one of the things, one, one of the things that Gary's sharing with you about how you and I as a public are disempowered, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, is that you and I elect officials to represent us. The problem is we lose much of our power 
in, in, in our participatory government because these elected officials now appoint boards that make independent rulings over and laws over which we have no say and that are out of our control and we don't hold our elected officials accountable for making these, uh, these boards that run us, make laws that we're subject, subject to, affect our everyday life, and run amok, whether it be training programs you're talking about that people have to take before going into public office that would many would call brainwashing, et cetera. So I'll turn it back over to you. Did, did what I say resonate? Did you understand what I was saying? Uh, very much, yeah. The, the day after we elect somebody, uh, they're gone. Actually, the days before, <laughs> the two political parties are run by bosses that are affected by by so many uh, different functions. And I but just li I want to interrupt once more. I just listened to a piece by Charles Murray, uh, who I mentioned earlier, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on him, but he was saying at one point in time he thought the people could take it back, and then he thought all was lost. But then he became hopeful because, as he said, what, what, what the people have at their disposal is people can organize and form their own uh, legal council. See, the problem is if you go up against the county and try and fight, fight them legally, you can't afford it. You can't do it against federal government, the state, or anything else. You know, and so you're encumbered by all these rulings and laws of all these boards and stuff. But what if there's a board that you had a legitimate bitch that you could bring suit against your elected officials, your counties, these boards, you know, because you didn't have to worry about the legal thing. That's the level at which we may need to organize these days to try and take it back. And it was a br br brilliant piece. I'll look it up if you're interested and email it to you. The link. Right. Again, we're talking about terror and what's going on. We've had the, uh, the chairman, uh, Zach Friend and uh, John Leopold, literally threaten the, the health of the... Uh, uh, the two Granges and said that their their, their property uh, may not be in such good shape or or they wouldn't be if they allowed a speaker from uh, Freedom Forum. So those type of threats are overt and they uh, there has been no response from Sheriff Jim Hart. Uh, also, uh, just one last thing here, um, although I <laughs> go on forever. No, I know you but, can. And before you say the last thing, I want to let the people. I've known Gary for a long, 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 long. We go way, way back. Okay, way back. And you. See said something at the beginning that I think gets lost on people. It's very easy to let it slide back. Is how many people were at that meeting you went to? <laughs> there were two members of the public, uh, myself and uh, another uh, uh, renegade. Uh, uh, I, I have been at the MBAG board meetings where Gary was there. I, I cannot un I ha under emphasize that. Two people against an entire board in a county of I don't know how many, there what, I know, we're, what, we're 50,000 Santa Cruz County? I don't know, can't remember how many we are. But two people showing up to try and interact on your behalf, folks, that doesn't work very well. That's like having three people at the Alamo trying to take on Santa Ana. Go ahead, I'm right. sorry. And we, we were let known that we were not really that welcome. They had a... <laughs> Great huge buffet out there that they were enjoying. Um, all they do is give news release leases to the local uh, fake news, lying press, the Sentinel and the Mercury and the, the Herald. But um, 
there they made you know, the decision to use our taxpayers' money to lobby for the increase in taxes. And they haven't asked one individual that ever voted for them. They have no loyalty whatsoever. There wasn't one out of that group that, that made made the difference. Well, no one uh, so, is that made up of the supervisors that are on that board? There is one supervisor, one or two from each of the three counties, and one or two from each of the cities. I think the smaller cities are allowed one. I think places like Salinas that have 100,000 might have two representatives. Okay. Um, and plus you have a permanent staff which supports itself, which is AMBAG, which is a Soviet, and they have contracts both with the World Bank and the United Nations to harmonize laws. So all the laws that are brought back to the cities and counties come from the United Nations and World Bank because they are still pushing for a world government and a North American Union under whatever title they, you know, they keep changing their, uh, the name of uh, <laughs> their goals. But our five supervisors, each one of them came down from their DS a couple weeks ago to receive an award from a man that works for ICLEI. He's part, according to his uh, bio, he's part of the ICLEI team. So we're talking somebody from the United Nations and, and World Bank funded. His name is J.R. Killigrew. I just happened to go to his email address. And he's got on there, he's pushing the nation of Pacifica, made up of five former states, California, Oregon, Washington, and western Nevada. And there, he's talking about it. it would be the fifth largest economy, vast national resources, uh, a carbon legislation, progressive uh, 21st century lawmaking without the hindrance of a constitution beholden to backwards idiocracy. This is the award that was given that each of our supervisors came down and accepted. People have no idea the treason that's being uh, done at AMBAG, which is a Soviet, and in our local cities and counties, they have no loyalty to the oath that they've sworn. And, it, it and goes, they, they won't if people don't keep them, hold them accountable. I mean, there's the bottom line, accountability. Yeah, and I'm glad that at least we can get a little peep out here on KSEO. But uh, groups are desperately needed. The Women League of Voters was taken over by California Forward. Um, which, whose vice president advocates getting rid of 80% of the local governments. He belongs to the uh, Committee for Economic uh, Development and found, co-founded by Leon Panetta as part of the Panetta machine. So a um, little piece of coaching here. And we'll simplify this, is when you start to dig in this stuff, you find out how deep the tendrils go, go and it's like a malignant cancer that it, it's, it's impossible to get everything out because the little cells go every place and dig into every place right and a lot that's of what you that's what you're saying really and, and you're just putting the names behind it right and and the threats come along with it this is no different than you know the chicago boss teams and so forth when you got direct threats uh, coming at you and the sheriff uh you know, sitting back. Oh, also, if you go to the sheriff's website, you'll now find in the lower right-hand corner, it says Next Door. And they're trying to push that as a neighborhood watch. Next Door was put together by Grayline, or I'm sorry, Greylock. People look up Greylock. It was put together by the Mossad and the CIA and the same people. That, so not uh, all things presented are as they appear. Uh, they're gathering data on people to control them. And they're, 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 Waiting down, they're killing the middle class. It's it's so deliberate. It's such a clear plan. Gary, appreciate the call as always. It's been a pleasure. It continues to be my pleasure to know you through all these years.
Take care, my friend. You do the same. 479-1080, folks. Let's go to Rory in Watsonville. Hey, for, for That is a mouthful. For... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary, I think he got the received the mantle from Dr. Stan <laughs> of uh, keeping us on top of these gigglies and ambag. It's true, people. Listen to what Gary had to say. You have not, you know, elected officials being nominated into these positions that nobody knows about, like ambag. And he just said all the supervisors came down to that, in, include Greg Caput. Gary, if you can signal us, I don't know, smoke signals or whatever, did he also come down and, and sign off on this uh, award for this guy that's promoting Pacifica? I've heard about Pacifica. Rory, how long have you lived in, in, in this area? Since 88, so a little over 30 years. I think that I you born, were born here. and raised in Southern Cal. I think you were here when my wife, Carol, and Boos and Hart and I tried to recall four of the five supervisors. Yes, I do. Sure. I remember <laughs> when she ran for supervisor herself. Yes. Uh, but trying to recall four of the five, they'd all been elected folks. And we did not succeed, but it was sure fun. Uh, I was self-employed, so I took the week off. Was down at the county fair trying to get... Uh, the requisite number of petitions signed to recall them because they were not uh, representing us. Yeah, Gary Patton at all, if I remember. Yeah, he was. I, <laughs> I ran into that guy early on at a water meeting in, in Watsonville. I think it was, I don't know if it was water, it was had to do about taxing churches in the county. I don't know if you remember that effort. Oh, I do. I do. But And I saw that guy. I didn't know who he was. I barely knew anything about the local politics. That guy was an automaton. No feeling. Zero warmth. You want to know the, 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 oh. the, the, the best story about Gary? One of the best, uh, I have a couple, but the one that's most interesting is Gary Patton used to give a recap of the Board of Supervisors meeting for the week on KSCO in the morning. Oh, I remember that, sure. Okay, what many people didn't realize is he came in the day before the meeting occurred to do his and recap. Gave a report. <laughs> I love it. I love and we busted him. We busted him. Carolyn and I busted him. <laughs> and I love it. shortly thereafter, those uh, recaps of the board meeting ceased to. Uh, that's be why. aired on on Wednesday mornings. We came down here on a Tuesday. He was recording the the results of the Wednesday meeting Tuesday afternoon to be played the next day. <laughs> a good little Soviet. Somebody <laughs> joked when he started uh, uh, Land Watch down in Monterey County. Somebody quipped, "Yeah, that's all you'll be able to do with your land once Gary's done with you. You'll just be able to watch it <laughs> while while they tax it." Unbelievable. Anyway, there's so many things we could talk about. I did, and I mentioned this to Griffin and to any other young people listening. Do not fear the future. Put your trust in the living God that sees all this. None of this takes him by surprise. He knows the, begin, the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. If I had waited until everything was perfectly lined up, I wouldn't have had one kid, let alone nine. And God Almighty provides for his own. He loves mankind, and uh, I'm sure there's plenty of disobedient children that he has. But anyway, that's my advice. Don't be afraid of the future. There's always, always been problems. My grandfather, and I told this to Griffin, my grandfather, my mom's dad, uh, who was first generation born in California, my great-grandparents on that side were from Italy. Anyway, he graduated from Santa Clara U in 1914. I'm sorry, 13, excuse me. And he had a philosophy professor there, 
he opened every class with, gentlemen, there's nothing new under the sun, and history repeats itself. <laughs> and that was drilled into me at a young age. And where does that phrase come? There's nothing new under the sun. It comes from Ecclesiastes, a book of wisdom that was written by King Solomon. It's in the Old Testament. I, I encourage anybody, go read it. So I would and ask you a question regarding that. Einstein once said, I think it was Einstein giving credit for this, is technologies create problems. Those technologies themselves are incapable of solving. Well, technologies don't create problems. Problems exist. We live in a fallen (laughs) world. Technology is just a different way to solve a problem. That's all. Okay, well, it's nothing's changed. The problem, listen, and it's going to lead me no, to it. No, here, no, wait, I, 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 I totally disagree. Yeah, there is some truth in what you say, and what, and, and actually, if since you want your di- di- biblical, and we're talking a little bit of that, is you know, there's a quote of mine, and it's, it has a biblical and sense, uh, biblical origins in a way, and that is falsehood is never so effective as when she baits her hook with truth. Of course, you put a, you put a little bit of a truth. And a whole bu- whole bunch of stuff, and so f- fundamentally, uh, there's nothing new under the sun except for the fact technology has allowed things to expand more rapidly than people are the, currently able to the, adapt to. Right, but the same traps are there. Didn't Satan say I, to Eve? Did God say, "Don't touch"? No, no, don't eat of the yeah. fruit or touch it. Yeah. He, he, God never said, don't touch it. He says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But, and then, I mean, the irony of that Apple chose a bitten apple as their skit symbol is pretty crazy. Never Actually, we don't have me. enough time for me to flush yeah, this one out but, here with you, Rory. But, but that's. But one thing I did want to bring up I read an article, I will forward it to you at Vernon Cube. I believe that's your, I, I still have your email. But anyway, it's about modeling and using AI to find out how we can coexist as people with different religious backgrounds. Hmm. I, I kid you not. So there's your, there's your bright guys with a tool they think can, can help and overcome age-old problems of mankind, which are behavior. And that an, an AI program that is basically predictive modeling is now going to solve and bring all the answers. They're falling into the same trap, Vernon. Well, except for, this, never... except for the big guys. There, there again, I opened up with you don't know Jack, and I'm not accusing you of this, Rory. Those that are the leading forefront there are terrified about AI and telling us and warning us, forewarning us of the may, you know, one, one of the big ones being Elon Musk. Now, I think, yeah, he's, but, I but think he's a charlatan. AI is a tool. It's got to be programmed by human beings. It doesn't program itself. It will never program itself. Rory, 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 second. Give me a second. Give me a second here. I will call you afterwards, and I know that you've heard my words, but I fa- I can tell by your response that you failed to get what I'm trying to tell no, you. I, I've uh, heard what you no, wait, 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 wait. See, just your response there. Oh yeah, I don't. I said to I David Biles. No, I said to David Biles earlier that uh, my granddaughter gave me a tremendous lesson when I she wanted to play with my life and says, "I know that. I know that. I'll carry on this conversation." I know Rory personally. We've known each other for years, and and I tell you why I think you 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 you've heard what I've said. But you've missed what I'm trying to communicate, and I'm not putting that on you. No, that's it's my right. inability. Explain. It's my inability to do it right now. 
in, in two minutes, explain I can't. to me how, okay, I can't. Well, listen. I can't. I'm I can't. not a computer programmer. I'm not a theoretical mathematician. I don't, I don't walk in those arenas, okay? But I look at the panoply of life and the history of mankind. Okay, you cannot get a program, computer modeling, artificial intelligence, or otherwise, that's going to predict the heart of man. You and I what agree. The heart of man will do. It'll never happen. You and I it agree. Only become predictive traps for the people that put their trust in them. Okay, that's what it boils down to. They want you to dismiss your common sense garnered from years of experience and learning. I'm not dismissing learning, no. but you got to have understanding. You can't fake wisdom. Who no are AI the they that, that you're talking about? That's what my question the is. The overlords. Right. I don't know. George Soros, those that want, the guy that wants to make Pacifica. Because I, I, the guys I'm, that love anthropogenic global warming as a, as a tool to control human population. Those that love abortion as a means of controlling population. Look what we've done to our country. 40 years plus now of abortion, we've murdered 60 million of our fellow citizens. And then on the other hand, we're griping about people that want to come here to fill the void. And I'm not saying open borders. I'm against open borders. Okay. But that doesn't make sense. And now 45 years, you can retrospectively go, what were we thinking? I came from a family that didn't buy into that. Okay. I have my own family. We don't buy into it. We're a culture of life, not a culture of death. But the U.S. in large part has become death-worshipping and fearful of the future and afraid to take a chance. That's not how a country grows. That's the death of a nation. You know, and that's what we're seeing. And I don't care what AI says or doesn't say. That's a fact. Yeah, I, I just returned here. I don't know what's been said on the radio. I'm, I'm back now, Rory, and I was catching uh, the conversation, and I'm in agreement with you. Um, and, and it struck me, you just made a point there about... Uh, abortion and um, immigration and what we're looking at, you know, it, it is interesting. And I, I was thinking about economically, you, you, you hit something I never thought about, but essentially they, whoever they are, yeah, who's the they? but the forces of, you call it the forces of evil, if you want, Satan, if you will, sure. you know, it, what's happened here in a big way is that many of the abortions I think that have come about have come about for multitudes of reasons. And one of them is the, that it's become economically difficult to raise children in this country. Now, isn't that an interesting flip that here we are curbing our population growth through abortion because it's, we can't afford to have children. And on the flip side, we're throwing money at people we don't know anything about and still getting the population growth and all the other negatives about it. I mean, just just an intellectual yeah. thought there. I mean, there's a certain amount of, I don't know if it's irony. Yeah, it's irony. But, but it, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's and it's, it, I never th have Tragic. never thought of it in those terms, but that's essentially it. And, and even with, when we talk about immigration, and I think, you, you know, as long as business wants workers, there's going to be people flowing into this country. That's, well, it's that's natural. All there is to it. Yeah, we should have had our own citizens. You know, and the other thing that's ironic is many people from Central America, and I know many first, first uh, generation immigrants, they're fearless. They look at the future and they laugh and they move forward. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them do. 
Why? Because they had to to survive mm-hmm. in those meager uh, economies. And it's not that their cult, their, their lands are wealthy. There's a lot of reasons why Mexico's never developed beyond a, a, a ruling elite and a small middle class. It's growing somewhat, but a large peasant class. But most of those people laugh at the future, and they move forward. They get married. They have kids. They make things happen. And the average American-born citizen has been taught by our education system to hate our country, despise America, look at all the flaws, real or imagined, and then shrink back. And then we, we end up like the goofballs. I, I ran into a guy at a store over in the Central Valley, and I asked him about the Kavanaugh he- hearings because it was going on. And he says, well, that Ford lady, you know, most people don't lie about those kind of experiences, saying give her cre- you know, credence because most people don't lie about sexual abuse. And I said, well, you know, she's actually a paid liar. You know, her, her dad goes back to the OSS. Anyway, I just started giving him some information, and then he just backed off. He says, well, I don't get involved in politics. You know, he was such a pussy. He just backed off. There's no fight. He had the little hair bun font. Yeah, it's you know, interesting. I told him he needed a haircut. I told him that. <laughs> Rory, I'm going to have to have you wrap it up here in a second. All By right, the way, I want, I want to thank you for something. Really enjoyed the passion there. The okay. passion. I don't. Well, I, 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 I'm grateful it. for you. Every time I hear John Sandich on, on KZU or one of the other stations, all I can hear is burn and burn and burn it. Because I, I, I was listening to that <laughs> Hilarious. And Dr. Biles, I'll be listening next hour. But you guys have a great afternoon, great conversation. All right. And I'll send you that you. article, Vernon. Yeah, Take absolutely. Care. Absolutely. I'll probably give you a call this afternoon if you're going to be around. All right. All good. Thanks for calling in, Roy. Let's go to Mark here in Santa Cruz. Someone else wanted to, they called specifically to talk to you. you Turn it all down, Jerry. (laughs) Turn it all down, man. Mark. That's brought to you by Jerry Brown and Diane Feinstein that refused to let us clean up the woods. Uh, Now it's burning to the ground. I guess the press cut some money for the... U.S. Forest Service, because he said they're a bunch of incompetent idiots because they can't manage the forest anymore, so they're burning. I'm always amazed they can even put a fire out. I'm wondering how many trillions of dollars these environmentalists are willing to burn up. They well, burn up the lumber, so they destroy the lumber industry. A trillion dollars there. There we go. A trillion dollars to put out the fires. Mm-hmm. A trillion dollars in le- lost employment wasted resources wasted resources and now guess what's going to come the rains and the landslides there's another trillion dollars mark what's environmentalist extremist let's not forget about the what's a couple trillion dollars among friends mark i mean give me well you know and this is this is one of the reasons why i think also that the economy's gone where it's going with with Trump deregulating a lot of stuff. Yeah, but because the Dems want to destroy it and burn that to the ground too. And oh, by the way, real quick, and I'll get off the air. Who was it? Was it you? Might be able to answer this, Vern. Uh, was it uh, was it Khrushchev that said, "Don't worry, we won't have to fire a shot. We'll give you enough rope to hang yourselves." And guess what? <laughs> It'll be your own rope. And that's exactly what's happening. No kidding. <laughs> No kidding. What's, what can we expect out of California over the next few years? It's, it's kind of scary. And, and what, a, what a waste of resources. I agree with you. All this don't cut this, don't. This is about as close to clear cutting as you can make it, huh? 
<laughs> well, we'll clear the what, forest if, and the cities. If we all keep following the democratic mantra, we'll probably all be dead within 10 years, if not sooner, because that's, <laughs> that's what they simulate to me, is that everything they touch is end up freaking being destroyed, burned to the ground, or dead. Mark, Thanks, guys. I'll, 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 I'll say it to you like it was t said to me many years ago. I know how this turns out, and it turns out badly for all of us. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mark. Well, let's see if we can't change that, huh? <laughs> I'm with you there. Four, there seven, nine, ten, eighty. Pat in Santa Cruz. Hey, Vernon. How are you doing? Well, I guess I'm all Well, actually, I got a cold. I guess it's going around. I caught it this time. But uh, I, other than that, pretty good. Um, I have told so, you before that people ask to make sure that you're still alive, don't haven't I? Oh, uh, no, because I, well, <laughs> quite a long time ago, MC told me to get a life. In other words, stop <laughs> calling this station. And <laughs> so I took him up on it. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that you're still out there. Sorry you got a cold or whatever's going around. Yeah, anyways, uh, maybe I can piss everybody off by saying that uh, <laughs> I'm a tree hugger who thinks we got to stop this open borders nonsense. And uh, the idea that we have to log everything to keep it from burning. Um, the Redwood Forest was here for 150 million years before we came along, and it somehow made it without us, didn't it? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah you're amazing, absolutely right. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. So, you know, when humans stick themselves into the equation, then they expect the forest to have to adapt to humans. Well, that works up to a point, but it's not a sustainable attitude. There's too damn many people. And uh, are we supposed to, am I supposed to kill myself to, uh, that's the usual response. Well, why don't you start by killing yourself? Uh, by that reasoning, I'd have to kill everybody I could before I killed myself, wouldn't I? That, I'm not talking about killing people. I'm talking about responsible birth control with an idea that we are an apex predator. If anybody understands biology, that means that our population should be smaller than the next population underneath us on that pyramid. That's where the idea of apex predator comes from. But somehow we figure, okay, we're exempt from uh, from the rules of nature, and we can just make them up as we go along. And nature's going to have to accommodate us. It doesn't it? It works like that for a short time, but it's not sustainable. And I know sustainable is a bad word, but um, that's not a bad word to me. <laughs> you know, Pat, you know, Pat. Let me jump in here for a second. Is I and I think it really ties into a bigger picture for me. Is people don't take the time to any. It seems often to to define what they mean in their terms. And conversations are shaped and framed by the language we use. And consequently, there's nothing bad about the word sustainable. It's an important word, and it can be misused and abused. And, and what, one of the things I find very fascinating currently in my life is how conversations are inframed, if you will, and manipulated, you know, it's kind of like the old question, you, uh, leading questions, when did you stop beating your wife? Well, you know, it's not, not a relative, relevant question if you're not married. So nothing wrong with the word sustainable. 
and it can be used to, in fact, manipulate people in dialogues and conversations regarding <clears throat> all manner of things. Mr. President, do you think that was a racist statement you made about nationalism? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How's that for a leading statement, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, racism. Now, there's a word that uh, can applies to what you just said. I mean, if any word, I mean, applies to you, you know, let's, let's define it before we start talking about it. <laughs> what does racism mean to you? Does it mean that uh, all races aren't identical biologically? Is that racism? Does it mean that you hate other races? Does it mean that you not only hate them, but you want to hurt them? Does it mean that you uh, think that one race uh, has an unfair advantage because of unfair reasons. Um, there's all kinds of ways to define racism. Um, and let's face it, most people are racist uh, one way or another. And, of course, if you can define that only white people can be racist, racist right there <laughs> sort of uh, kind of seals the case for you to do any damn thing you want against white people and uh, get away with it. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's important to define terms. Pat, you want to? It's great to hear your voice. Great. Yeah, to, you too. Great to see that you're still alive. By the way, for David might not know, Pat had the nickname Population Pat years ago. And if you're still listening to KSCO, you heard Colonel Terry ride in on your coattails. He's picked up the mantle, mm -hmm. the population for you, Pat, so that your yeah, efforts have yeah. not been in vain. Oh, and we discussed Terry, it here. Terry too. and I, I used, I used to go to uh, the Penny U there with, and Terry, I'm guessing still goes there, but they kind of kicked me out because they didn't like me talking about certain subjects, and yet they're the ones that are supposed to bravely discuss everything, right? I got to go, Pat. I want to get Pete in here before the end of the show. Oh, well, okay. Thanks later. for calling. Bye. But, Are yep. we going to continue over the next hour? Uh, if you'd like to continue with me, it's your show the next hour. Yeah, I, I know. Just, I, I, I was, stepped out for a little while. But I can... was just asked to fill in for the Saturday special, and I never, never, never encroach on other people's territory without information. Is that right, Pete? <laughs> yeah, that's the way I've always heard it. <laughs> okay, well, I've always been very honorable. We're we're going to continue this show into the next hour, yeah. and we might change chairs. Yeah, How's yeah, that? yeah. Top of the hour, we're going to give we're going to give uh, David some dual time on the controls here. But you take it over, and that means we can carry you over the, the at the top of the hour if you don't get anything you have to say out, Pete. Okay, no, no problem. Uh, um, good afternoon, gentlemen. I was just going to say that. Um, I think part of what's happening is, is, is has a lot to do with nature. Uh, and as you get older, uh, you kind of long for the way things used to be. And you, and it, it just, it's just kind of, it seems like the human condition that people remember the good old days and how it was and lament on how it won't be that way. But a few callers ago, uh, that was so passionate. I, I, I don't think he could be more incorrect because I see the youth around here now. And I see them as looking past all these problems and thinking they're not going to repeat the same problems that are we are. Are you looking past and, the and problems, I, Griffin? <laughs> I'm I don't know. I don't know Griffin. I don't. I'm just saying. Yeah, I yes, do know yes. quite a few youth. And I, yeah. if there's a book out right now called Factfulness by a guy named Ian Risling. Absolutely, and I've been pushing it. And yeah, just read a little bit of that. I mean, we're doing pretty dang well here, and. Uh, make America great again. America is great, and if you leave the country or go anywhere, a lot of 
a lot of people still aspire to come here. I mean, a lot of the world wants to come to America. So I think we got kind of a little skewed perspective, all the uh, rhetoric and everything going on in this country. But I don't think, I think we're looking through a, a, a shady lens right now. Everybody is, really. I think but you're I think echoing youth, what I've been trying to say uh, all along in a variety of different ways, Pete, is that, that yeah. our thinking and the way we look out at the world, as the book Factfulness points out, is shaped by what we consume, I put it that way, what we're exposed to. And most of what we're exposed to comes from sources other than ourselves. Yeah. And, exactly, and it's easy to get sucked into that. And the more for me, I, I won't talk for anyone else. It's easy to find myself going down a variety of different rap, rap, uh, rabbit holes, uh, and and getting caught up in uh, thinking that's shaped by someone else's thinking that's determined by the rabbit holes they've been down. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon you, you get very, it's like the Palantir in the Lord of the Rings and we're coming to the top of the hour. Can you, will you hold over? Sure. Because I think this is a great conversation. Did you read Lord of the Rings? Oh yeah. The Palantir stones is how yeah. you know, Sauron exactly. controlled everybody by shaping what they saw. Folks, we're at the end of the first two hours of Saturday special. We will continue it in another Three seconds.